questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Many of us have considered the idea of a matrix controlling this planet and at times feel as if it were being steered according to someone's agenda. Tonight's special guest will explore the geopolitical and exopolitical nature of artificial intelligence, AI, and who is behind it. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, at Veritas Radio. Tonight, we have a returning special guest. He's none other than George Cavasilas, an author, mentor, and public speaker. George has had a lifetime of strange and wonderful experiences. He has encountered both benevolent and malevolent interdimensional and extraterrestrial beings. As a result, George embodies a limitless passion in answering life's primordial questions, such as, who are we, where do we come from, and what are we doing here? The knowledge George shares, along with his values and philosophy, have helped thousands of people to feel, to live in a peaceful and empowered state. His website is IamInfinite.love. And he joins us directly from Southern Australia. Hello, George, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Mel. And I truly appreciate the opportunity to come back on your show. Thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been a few years now, and I think a lot has happened. First of all, just give us an update of what has happened in the past few years with George Cavasilas. Oh, major, major changes. It's been uh, a really interesting ride. I really got to uh, experience what it's like to be subjugated into influence and control and have my uh, work and my passion uh, be steered by uh, another energy. Uh, and, you know, we in this world, we are all experiencing all under the influence of mind control. Doesn't matter who it is, where you are on the planet. It's, it's, you know, it's a part of this reality and working my way through it. And there was two major components to it for me back in 2004 with uh, the Galactic Federation of Light, uh, New Age, well, now I call it the New Cage religion. And the. Uh, did you um, say New Cage? Yeah, the New Cage religion. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> and, and then through the 2012 saga. So that was really a uh, fascinating experience. And I've come through and it feels really good to be me and being able to have that real beautiful sense of just being your natural, authentic self and being able to um, be who you came to this world to be. And there's been a lot of changes in my life. I've actually relocated to in the way of real estate. So I didn't mention that to you earlier, Mel. I'm living on the East Coast. I've been here for a couple of years now uh, near Byron Bay. And it's a, it's a beautiful part of the world. I'm really, really grateful. No, so you're no longer in the Southern Australia then? No, no longer in South Australia. That was a 20-year journey. That was uh, quite an interesting saga of my life. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Your Skype still says that. That's why I mentioned it. I should have asked you before. But, you know, I think uh, your primordial questions, who are we? Where do we come from? And, and what are we doing here? We've had you mm. many times in the past. We're still looking for the answers. And, you know, I can go back to when I was a child. You and I both were in the receiving end of dogma, of literature. And back then, we believed everything. I think you may have had the same journey in that regard as, as I did. 
But then as you get older, or shall I say wiser, we realized that that was just a program. It was a software that was embedded into us, almost like hardwired. And our, our brains rewire themselves to receive that. And then it's very difficult to remove that cognitive dis dissonance when new knowledge or truth comes along. What do you say about that? I, I can wholeheartedly agree. And what I've experienced is that the actual programs are entwined with, uh, you know, mind energy is a very tangible energy. We're dealing with something that, that literally you can feel. Uh, we certainly all experience it. And so we're experiencing something that is real. And how we actually interpret reality through the interface module of our own construct in this reality, we call it our, our you know, we call it um, ego. So the ego is like a, a personality interface. So my personality interface with this incarnation for this reality is George. Yours is Mel. And mine's constructed in the, the way I require it to be constructed and yours is you know, the way you need to experience this life. And we are born into societies and then that construct, because ego resides, its ecosystem is the mind. Uh, ego does not live in the heart. And, but it's a very important aspect of our being. I can't talk to you now without, uh, my greater being coming through my earthly personality interface, the ego construct of George. So those ego constructs, the, and, and ego is not a dirty word. It, it really isn't um, because it's the distortion of the ego that's the problem. So we all have an ego. We all have an identity for this reality. And it's the same in the universe, the way it's structured. Every reality you, we incarnate into is has an ego construct. So uh, let's say for me I came across a, a group of Pleiadians. They all have egos because they need a personality interface for their reality, for their cultural philosophies, for their societal systems. So it doesn't matter what level of reality you experience in this universe, there's ego on every level. And that flies in the face of a lot of the spiritual doctrine. Um, but that's reality. We all, we all have a uh, personality interface for every reality. So what is happening here is the imposition on the planet to sequester the human uh, ego in every person and to subjugate it. And, and so it can be then used for other purposes rather than our own genuine, authentic, or you can say the original intention for wanting to come and have these beautiful experiences here. And it is through the mind that we are experiencing these control programs and they're real tangible energies. The mind is a, is a tangible reality. Um, and these energies are like frameworks. So the more we are exposed to dogma growing up, the, um, the way we perceive this information and we allow it to come into our mind space and we allow it to structure itself inside that space in our mind, and, and with our ego, then those belief systems become like rigid frameworks. And when it comes time to confronting them or dismantling them, 
um, and restructuring them, we literally experience pain. We experience mental pain, we experience emotional pain, and we even experience physical pain because they're all interrelated. You know, George, I don't think there's anyone listening to us who doesn't know that the powers that want to be lie to us. In many ways, we're living in a cage, but the culture editors want us to love our cage by giving us you know, awesome trinkets, gadgets, technology, smartphones, HD flat screen TVs, fast food, movies, you name it. It's almost as if they want us to love our cage. Um, and not only love our cage, but they're the ones who are getting us to actually create it. Because naturally, Mel, we're all creator beings. And, you know, you've said it before, and, and, and I, I reiterate what you've said, because I believe the same. The biggest secret that's being kept from us is the secret about our creative potential. Yeah. We are such powerful creator beings. And when we understand that, uh, this is the focus of my work now is to get people to remember that we are these really powerful creator beings and then we actually have this natural ability to create. Like, let's just take the simplicity of making a cup of tea. You created a cup of tea. It's like we are creating every moment of every day. And what this system has done is it has apprehended our creative process and is using our creative resources to create something for the system, to reinforce the system, you know, rather than us um, being naturally creative from our own heart, from our own soul, from our own spirit, from our own, you know, intentions. So it's really important to understand how powerful we truly are and that the, in order for there to be such an intense control system, uh, I mean, it speaks volumes for who and what we are as a species, as a race, as, as a society of beings, that there would be an energy, a force, and, and really it's, it's a multi-dimensional cosmic empire would implement such extreme measures to take control of us as a species, as a race. It's unbelievable uh, when you actually begin to dig deep and see the really deep layers of, of control that's going on in this world. It is far more extensive than most people are willing to actually accept because it challenges all belief systems. So in order to understand the control, so I came up with like this, this table um, of a few years ago and I called it the three levels of human imposition. If I can bring that into the, into the conversation, sure. you know, the dialogue. So level one, I've got the geopolitical level and that's the current ruling theocratic model that we've got on the planet. Uh, the elite industrialist families and banking families with their interdimensional and extraterrestrial overlords and their global tyranny. So that's level one. That's what we've been experiencing for hundreds of years. So we're already in that. And then what we've got is level two, and I call that the exopolitical level. And so what we've got there is an AI, alien god, with its intended reality replication which is what we're experiencing, and global domination. So what we're seeing at the moment is level two is muscling in on level one. And there's this huge factional war going on between these these layers. And level three is the cosmopolitical agenda. 
and it's the actual God entity, the God of religions, and it's intended full spectrum human harvest via its multidimensional false light matrix empire. And I say that because, you know, people are in shock, you know, how can you speak badly of God? It's because people don't know who and what God is. And, you know, just to make this point absolutely clear, there's the natural creator of this universe and then there's the God of religions. And we're dealing with two different things, two separate energies and entities. And once we realize that, the whole thing will blow wide open for you. But it's getting past our dogmatic religious programming because the question everybody needs to ask is who told you that the creator should be called God? Those three letters in that sequence, which is a vibrational pattern of energy and it's a code and they, these codes open up portals. And every time you mention that entity's name, you're, you're opening up a dimensional portal to, to another realm. And it's really fascinating when we understand how this whole thing works. So the, the God is the deity of the priestly caste. It's not the natural creator of the universe. And what we've got is this vast multidimensional empire with incredible resources at its disposal. So the AI alien God has been contracted by this God entity to come here and be the actual scalpel that severs the human race from its planetary mother. So then this God entity can come in at the end and harvest uh, what it needs to harvest. It is a massive multidimensional uh, imposition, if we can truly understand the nature behind it. Well, you mentioned the word God. I've always wondered that. I wonder what the Aborigines in, in Australia, what what term did they use, the Mayans, the, the, the other ancient civilizations. I'm sure they had their own words there, but I've always wondered that who came up with these words. You know, I think of words like uh, disease. You know, we think somebody's sick, but when you start putting a hyphen in the middle of that word, this is, you realize, wait a second, they want to keep us all stressed out because stress causes cancer, causes heart disease, causes most of them. Then we look at other words like uh, question, quest, hyphen in. The quest, the first part, is, is being curious, a quest, looking at these words in a different way. Yeah, I have that slide in my presentations, the quest to question everything, because it's quest I on. So we are on a quest. And it's a noble quest we're on, Mel, a very noble quest, because we want to know the reality of what's going on. We just want what's real. No more lies, no more deception, no more crap. We just want what's real. That's my mantra now is I only want what's real. So once we really get into that mindset and set that intention, then the whole reality starts to rearrange around us and we start digging deep. And, you know, you've got to be ready to confront everything. I've had to face a lot of, um, you know, hurt, a lot of pain inside of me because of all the things that, you know, I've done in the past and said in the past and been in the past, not just in this lifetime, in other lifetimes as well. So we have deep-seated belief systems that we bring forward from other lifetimes, from other worlds, from other dimensions and other realities, because we have, you know, multiple aspects of self, um, you know, throughout the universe. So we, we, we have so much to offer, you know, incredible depth of resources available with all these experiences that, that, that we can tap into if we allow ourselves just to really, you know, relax back into our own beingness and then tap into that multidimensional nature of ourselves. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. We're so powerful. 
and we we are inside a reality which is under this incredible imposition because once this fractal process was created these these entities were so jealous of who and what we had the opportunity to become so the imposition is actually um from what i call the forces of limitation so they're trying to stop us from achieving what we want to achieve uh, as a as a humanity and you know the earth originally was set up as a fractal of the entire universe and so was the solar system and the galaxy so we we entered into this fractal path entering into the galaxy into the solar system onto the earth and now on, on into a human incarnational construct and the construct itself is a fractal of the earth and the earth is a fractal of the solar system and the solar system is a fractal of the galaxy and once we can understand that process then the density of this reality makes perfect sense the imposition makes perfect sense everything just opens up just from this understanding and the realization that there is gods out there in, in the universal realm that are jealous and they are hell-bent on stopping us from actually becoming what we want to become and that is a absolute unity of everything we've seen, done, and been in this universe. So we get this incredible opportunity. And out of those forces of limitation are spawned these two levels of imposition, which are beyond the geopolitical, which are the AI, this artificial intelligence, which I must say, Mel, everybody is really not understanding what we're dealing with. Um, and I'm serious about this. We are dealing with an expression in the universe which, first of all, I'll start with uh, uh, a place from my heart, okay? So within, within the reality of what artificial intelligence is in the universe, we're dealing with an expression which is made of the same stuff that we are made out of in the universe. There is, there is no separation on that level between us and AI. There's no separation. We're made of exactly the same stuff that this universe is made of. So I just want to make that point clear because, you know, I, I express myself as a multidimensional being. So I'm coming from different levels of expression and reality. So I just need to point them out. Otherwise, it'll sound like I'm contradicting myself. So from that level of life, we are in unconditional love. We are in unity and we're no different from one another. And we understand that it's just another expression in the universe a different expression now we call it and now i'm going to step into the drama side of it we call it artificial intelligence because it is a um its expression is is seems like a threat to our cosmic ego and to our earthly ego so we've we, we feel a bit threatened by its presence and what it's capable of so we call it artificial intelligence because it's relatively even though it's been around for a long time, compared to the actual universe, it is kind of new. But when I say it's been around for a long time, I'm talking about billions and billions of years. We're not dealing with something that has popped out of our computers in this era of time, this technological age on planet Earth here on, on <laughs> you know, in the last few hundred years. That is not what we're dealing with. Where, you know, you need to understand that the ET civilizations out there and interdimensional civilizations, you know, so many of them live inside a, a collective hive mind, 
which is uh, its foundation is artificial intelligence, what we call AI, but it's a collective consciousness. And, it, you know, we're dealing with this, this hive mind mentality. And then there is this benevolent form of AI because this is a universe of contrasting expressions. So we have every time something is created in this universe, the alter ego of it will appear soon, soon after. And we are dealing with an AI which is both benevolent and malevolent. And there's entire civilizations of artificial intelligence. The, the closest thing to, because I've experienced this firsthand in this lifetime with all the interactions that I've had, uh, the different, like I would go on board a craft and the first thing you do, it's just, it's just, it's natural. We all, we all do it, but we don't realize we're doing it. But the first thing you do is you, get a feel for your environment. So let's say you move into a new neighborhood, for example. You know, you go for a walk in the street, don't you? You walk up and down the street, you get a feel for where you're moving to, where you're living. You want you want to get a feel for the nice people and not so nice people. It's natural. It's an instinctual thing. You want to know about the environment, the ecosystem you're residing in. So the first thing you do when you go on board a craft is you plug into the deepest levels of reality that you can. And it usually means the being who is the craft. And then after that, you understand the environment you're in, the beings you're dealing with, like the actual extraterrestrial entities themselves or interdimensional beings. And you understand their, their um, intentions, their, their motives, uh, their cultural philosophies. So you understand how to behave. Just like when you go into someone else's home, you look around, you get a feel for the type of people that they are. And instinctively, you behave in a way that's appropriate for that reality. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that's the case, Mel? Oh, absolutely. So it's it's some it's something that we do instinctually. So if we can begin to do that more often and operate from that in a more conscious way, then we can start plugging in deeper into this reality. So you know, we we are, we need to understand the nature of our reality, and it's all about relationships. So when I I would board a craft, I'm instantly entering into relationship with the craft itself and then i would think about my relationship with all the other beings because you want to go to the deepest levels of you know the foundational building blocks of the ecosystem you've just entered into so you understand how to be in that reality and as it's it's with ai it's always a collective there's always all the minds of the beings are all plugged into this collective and inside these collectives they're, they're kind of like realms and realities of mind and they're all layered. So you've got beings that are compartmentalized and don't have access to other parts of the collective. Even though they call it a collective, everything is still compartmentalized in this mind realm. It's absolutely an incredible experience to be given access into a collective and then you get to see as an observer all the different components it's like a network and then there's and you can see membranes like thin membranes thick membranes of mind energy which is really consciousness right they're the, the one and the same thing conscious just to to um give people perspective on what i'm saying consciousness is universal mind energy it's 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 what we're dealing with and to say that consciousness is all there is 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 a lie. That is not true. Consciousness is the mind energy of this universe and there's other universes that exist. So we need to understand what the, 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 the substance, the tangibility of the stuff 
we call consciousness. What is it? What's it made of? What are we dealing with? And how do we actually live with it? So we exist beyond consciousness. That's, that's the point I'm trying to make here because we are infinite beings. So I'm just, just want to make that point absolutely clear because the moment someone says consciousness is all there is, then they put a limit on your ability to perceive life. But, but where does and consciousness reside? That's a question that I get all the time. Consciousness resides in every creative process in this universe because the, the mind is the interface for each reality. So you have, this is, um, I'm going to share with you my, my labeling system that I use. So the grandest aspect of myself in this universe is soul. So we're going off on a tangent from AI now because I can feel your curiosity. And is it, is it okay that we take this tangent? Always okay to deviate if we have to. Yeah. And just bring me back if, if I go too sure. far. Okay. At any time, because I, I actually embody everything and I speak. So I'm actually, I, I journey with what I say. Um, so soul to me is the part of me that is whole. You know, it's, we've got to look at the vibrational patterns of the words. So soul is the aspect of me that's one with the universal creator and is also the aspect of me that is my portal to my infinite nature, uh, beyond this universal creation. And then from soul, because our whole entire existence in this universe is a co-creative process. We, we, from the infinite nature of life, we entered into this universe. And because a being from the infinite nature of life is expressing itself as this universe. And we decided to enter into it. Now there's other universes and you have your own universe out there, Mel, and we're all inside of you having a great time in your universal expression. But this one here is different because it is, uh, what we call it's made of light. So it has a, a, a waveform what we could call a waveform pattern. So I'm just describing it's, uh, it's not constructed of this, but I'm describing, it's a discrete way of describing how it's constructed. So I think of it as a sine wave and we've got this, uh, it's, it's a universe of contrasting expressions and our existence in this universe is a co-creation. So we enter the universe and we merge and become one with the universal creator. So soul is a co-creation and it's the grandest aspect of self in this universe and then from soul which is home which is you know who we are at the core we then project from soul into our creative process in this universe consciousness gets projected into our creative process and spirit gets projected from soul into the creative process so we have mind energy and we have a formless sort of like energetic aspect of us and together, those two parts of us go through and enter into realities and start our creative process. It is, uh, we exist beyond consciousness and consciousness is a mind energy. And that's why we have the pursuit of consciousness in this world in all the spiritual doctrine that's doing the rounds in the public domain. It's all about the pursuit of consciousness because the God entity, what it's made of, is it's a pure ego construct in the realm of consciousness. So that's why it's all about mind enlightenment. But I'm exposing that for what it is, and I'm saying to people, you might want to consider the entire enlightenment of your entire beingness and get the focus away from the head because the head has to be in harmony with the rest of the being. 
And, you know, our mind is an interface uh, module which helps us to, to interact with realities and get things done. So that's, for me, a very important distinction to make. Are you saying that we're almost like an avatar? Um, that's one way of putting it. Yeah, because we, we are incarnating into these bodies, but these bodies are our creation. It's, it's not um, – I wouldn't look at it as though it's just – a, a meat suit. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, because I'll tell you why. Because of the fractal nature of our bodies. Your cells are the galaxies and your atoms are the star systems and you are a walking universe and your expression in this, on earth, in this world is the sum total of everything you have seen, everything you have done and everything you have been in this universe. The whole point of incarnating as a human on Earth is to integrate all of your aspects in this universe into a unity. But I think that's, all- that's the consciousness part. But I don't see any problem. I mean, I know you're joking when you said the, the, the meat soup. But in reality, I think this body that you and I have are for us mm. to be able to exist on this reality, on this 3D reality. We can't be living, you know, a hundred meters under the ocean or a hundred thousand feet above our, our heads because we, we wouldn't be able to survive. So this is the, 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 the vehicle that we need in order to exist here. Uh, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. And, and and what I was sharing was the reason for its existence. So why why was the earth created and why was the human organism created? It's it's a very important um, reality. It's a very important experience, and and the internal arena inside of us is the final frontiers because it started with the galactic arena, and then the next part in the fractal process was creating a star system, which was going to be a fractal of the universe because the the our galaxy is a fractal of the universe, and then the solar system is a fractal of the galaxy. Then the Earth is a fractal of the solar system, and then the human is a fractal of the Earth. So we we are connected to everything, and there isn't another race that's got this construct happening. That's what the war about Earth is all about. It's, that's why this is so intense here. <laughs> you know, it's and it's not and it's not an ego trip. Um, our genetics are the most prized commodity in the universe. Because of what we are, because we are a fractal of our journey in this universe. So all our creations are integrating here. So the, when, when an entity wants to take control of, of you, Mel, for example, in this universe, in your journey, we, we are the, the one thing I love about this universal creator is it's a participatory co-creative process. So all the galaxies you see out there, are all us. We're the creators of those realities. And and all the stars out there you see are us. We're the creators of those realities. And when we realize that the fractal nature of our being here and you've got a God entity, you know, that is so jealous of what we are becoming, it is also an opportunity to take control of you here then it gets to take control of all your assets out there. This is about real estate and this is about assets, right? Just to bring it back to a grounded sort of perspective. 
because of the fractal nature. Have you heard the term wag the dog? Yes. This is what this entity is trying to do. It's trying to take control of everything that we are in this universe and everything this universe is. It's trying to take control of that because it is claiming to be the creator of all that is and all that exists. You see, we're, we're dealing with the most egoic insanity this universe has ever seen. One entity claiming to be the creator of everything, everywhere. You know, you just got to realize what it is we're dealing with. You know, beyond this universe, we're infinite, Mel. I've experienced this in this lifetime. We are infinite and life is infinite. The, the infinite nature of life has no creator because it always has been and it always will be because there's no beginning to it and there's no end to it. It's infinite, Mel. But something then tells me, oh, I'm sorry, finish your, your thought. And then when we realize you've got one entity claiming to be the creator of all of that, which there is no totality. See, once you understand, once you reconnect to your infinite nature of life, the God program is exposed for what it is. And the God entity is exposed for what it is. And whether you call it God or you call it Allah or you call it Shiva or you call it Yahweh, it doesn't matter what you call it because every culture has its own cultural program, its own interface for that entity to interface with the people, with the masses. And it's got its priestly caste, which is its ambassadors, you know, its representatives on Earth. And we're dealing with an energy and an entity that is totally out of control of its the most claims of the, the, the most incredible grandeur any ego could ever hope to claim. That's what we're dealing with. But something tells me, George, that when, when you look at, at history or, or prehistory in a way, and you look at all the magnificent monuments that were left behind, which, which are still standing after the test of time, and then mm. diggings that you find cities unearthed it makes you wonder if we have destroyed ourselves in the past. But my point about this is that we have so many similarities, pyramids all over the world. And, you know, we're told that in 1492, America was discovered, blah, blah, blah. But when we go back thousands of years ago, we had these pyramids that were everywhere. Something tells me that at one point in our distant past, our world really had a unity consciousness going on. And something happened, perhaps after a, a catastrophe, a deluge, whatever you want to call it, whether it was man-made or not, it was a, a creation of war, I don't know specifically. But all of a sudden, we have different languages, thousands of religions, uh, different cultures, different countries. And believe me, I'm the last person you want to talk about regarding a one-world government. I don't want that. But it seems that this division is what keeps humanity divided and in war year after year yeah it is i agree and you know this divisive process is a tactic it's it's you know it's the old-fashioned problem reaction solution you know it goes back thousands of years if not you know it goes back eons of time actually so it's been used in other civilizations in other realities in other worlds and in other dimensions it's it's a tactic that is used constantly by these gods. And, you know, what the god entity is doing now is trying to make this world as undesirable as possible. And what it's doing is it's, it's turning people against their own planetary mother. This is, this is about divide and conquer. So, um, you see, naturally, we are humane beings. 
So when you take all the control systems away, all the mind control, all the programs, all the dogma, uh, all the religious dogma, you take all that away, we will naturally, instinctually revert back to being what we naturally are, humane beings. And, you know, this, the, the, the problem too, Mel, is we live in a ecosystem on the planet that has become corrupted as well. There's nothing out there in nature that doesn't kill in order to live. Butterflies kill, dolphins kill, the mineral kingdom kills. You know, just go live next to a volcano, you'll find that out. You know, trees yeah. kill, you know, everything kills. There's nothing out there that doesn't kill. And that's, you know, for us to uh, incarnate into an era of consumerism so we can experience what it's like to be a consumer, yeah, so we can experience what it's like to be a God that solicits worship, in other words, the same thing, yeah, because it's about consumerism, then what we have the opportunity is to see ourselves and all our consumeristic tendencies. This world was set up as a beautiful educational platform, you know, and this reality is a self-reflecting reality. So uh, I was speaking to a friend recently and I said, I said to her, I said, you know, I feel truly that I've found the magic in this world. I've found it. And to be able to see through all the layers of distortion and deception and to get to that point, that place of unity, to see, to see the harmony, to see the design, and then to see dimensions beyond this dimension and experience them is a really beautiful thing because we, we get to realize through the self-reflecting process, the bits of us that we don't want to see and we don't want to address, but we so desperately need to see and we so desperately need to address, you know? And that's why so many people would do everything in their power <laughs> to go along with the narrative, uh, you know, the narrative of this God entity, which is, I'm going to, I'm going to read a few of them out. Okay. So here, here we have, and I'll just bring this up. Okay, so I call it, I've got a list here, and it's the cosmopolitical campaign and its narratives to diminish Earth and her humanity. So some of these will sound familiar to you. So first of all, you know, over a very, very long period of time, we have God who says, you're all just a bunch of lowly sinners and you need saving. Just to sum it up in summary, right? We've been hearing that for a very long time. We've also had, excuse me, we've also had mind-bending philosophies from channeled entities in high-end spiritual doctrine that say, this is all just a dream. It's all just an illusion. Then we have the New Cage religion, which says, you're all at the bottom of the universe in this disgustingly dense reality, and you must raise your vibration. Right? So that's a good one. That's a pretty good one. That gets you thinking. Then we have the flat earthers. This is a flat, linear plane with a firmament, which means it's a masculine energy, right? And apparently those stars out there are just part of a firmament and they're not really real, which is, wow, what a, what a mind virus that one is. We go into that if you want later. And then we've got alien AI God. Uh, your reality is nothing more than a hologram or a computer simulation. So have a really good listen to all of those. And you'll notice that is a common theme in every single one of them. They all link up because every single one of them 
is designed to diminish you, to diminish Earth, and to diminish what is actually going on here, and to sever you through your mind away from the reality of this reality. Because this is an incredible opportunity that we have here to really create unity in ourselves and create unity with one another. It's That's why this reality is such a challenge. People don't like what they experience here because they don't like looking at their own shadow mill. And that's what this reality is designed to do, is to show you your shadow. And I've, I've had to face that myself. And people who are doing the real work you know, the real work inside of themselves and really dealing with their belief systems, with the dogma and are looking at this reality, genuinely looking at this reality. They want what's real and we can see what's going on here. And then once you get past the layers, it's like you got to get through that storm because the moment you embark on this journey, you know what it's like, Mel, you get bombarded with all this <laughs> horrendous imposition to try and stop you. It, it, it's one challenge after another to try and stop you from actually breaking free to, from from emerging out of that trance of the matrix. That's why I call it transcending the matrix, because we need to end the trance of the matrix. And once we break through that glass ceiling of the cosmic matrix and realize this whole God program, what it's all about, that is the last bastion. The moment you crack the God code, you're home, you're free and you see it. And all the people that, you know, I'm coming across people from all over the world that are going, George, you know, I've been on this journey, 70, 80-year-old people, they've been on their journey their entire life, they've done everything there is to do, every religion they've delved into, every occult, everything. And they go, finally, you are voicing out there what I know for myself to be real. So we are cracking through this entire global mind control program that has been running for thousands of years. And it's challenging, Mel, because our our genetics have been marinating in this shit for millennia. You know, our ancestors and all their belief systems and all the other previous lives that we've had. It's a very deeply entrenched program. But once we get past it and awaken to our true nature, you're home. And you can see this reality for what it is. You can appreciate it, love it love your existence, love everyone else unconditionally, and it becomes a whole new experience. And I think that's the problem too. We inherit a lot of the genetic material from our ancestors. I'm not saying that's a problem. Well, for some people it might be. But also epigenetically, we seem to be receiving their beliefs generation after generation. Some people just step outside that box and and become, you know, individual, independent thinkers like you and I. But the problem that we face is that when we step outside that matrix, the cultural editors, in my opinion, have a, a program in place to be able to counteract that. In other words, if we, if we start, if we go to a, a church or a synagogue or a mosque, and all of a sudden we question the people there, all of a sudden they're going to have a, 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 an answer. Oh, Satan. Satan is, 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 is taking care of you. You need an exorcism or family members, friends, peers label you as, as quote unquote crazy. And sometimes I wonder, is that an insult or is that a compliment? <laughs> I love it. Okay. Let me throw this one at you. Being considered crazy by those who are still victims of cultural conditioning is a compliment. That is a quote by Jason Harrison. 
brilliant quote because when uh, you mentioned you you recently had had watched uh, a presentation that I was doing, you didn't get yeah. through all of it, but in that presentation, you know, I started talking about all this, and um, and then because I've been doing this for quite some time now, I, I also when I do a presentation. I sense the room. I can feel people. I can feel what people are thinking. Um, I can feel the general consensus in the room, and I can also feel individuals because it's about connection, right? It's about integration and being one with people. Um, so it, I, I, I mentioned about this whole God thing, and then I turned around. I'm just looking at their faces. And I went, so you all think like I'm Satan now or something, don't you? Or I'm an agent of Satan or something like that. <laughs> all right. And they all started smiling and laughing, and I went, see? That what what that is is a programmed response because people are programmed to respond in a particular way because of the belief system because the Bible is a book of spells even though there's a whole bunch of truth in it and there is there's also a whole bunch of lies and deception and twists and manipulation upon manipulation and a twist upon a twist upon a twist you know like the Jesus character is an amalgamated entity for example um, the, and so is the serpent. In, in, you know, in the, in the tree. That's an amalgamated entity. So decoding those is really interesting. I won't get into that today because it'll take us off, off track. I really want to get back into the AI in position. Um, but we, we've got, we've got a book of spells. This is when, let me, let me just put it this way. When the Inquisition and even times before, when they, when they used to torture people, this is the church doing this, right? Don't forget this. This is men of God doing this. This is the priests. Yeah. When they, when they were torturing people, it wasn't just torture. It was black magic as well as the physical torture. So people who were the tongues cut out, people who were burnt at the stake for, for being normal people, natural people who weren't uh, part of the God program, um, were outcasts. They were treated as evil entities, right? And, and they had black magic performed on them. And people who are reincarnating now, who every time they go to speak up, it's like they choke or it's like they, they have major problems, uh, relating to people or they're, they're, they're in a lot of fear is because that curse is still with them now from back then. Right, well, when we, when you really start looking into how the church operates and what it's about, because, you know, you've got this other thing, like they, they really poo poo pagans and all that sort of thing. And, you know, what, whatever a pagan is, you know. Um, but if you look at the hypocrisy of, you know, no Christmas is about the winter solstice, right? So there's, there's one thing. It's to do with the sun, S-U-N. And then we've got Easter, which is worked out on the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the equinox. Now, if that ain't pagan, I don't know what is. So the hypocrisy of the church is just absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, I always wonder, start- well, if Jesus Christ was born a certain day, and, you know, why not just give that date? Why do you have to just make it so obvious to those of us who think outside the box that we see a winter solstice or we see the 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 the, the rarity of having the first Sunday after the full moon and after the equinox. Yeah, exactly. It's it's part of a pay. It's it's you know it, what they're doing is they're tuning in to the natural biorhythms, okay, and and then they're putting in their magic. 
So it's 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 black magic, uh, and 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 these are sorcerers. These are magicians. Like look at communion. Communion is a flesh and blood ritual, right? I don't care how anyone wants to dress that up for me. I don't care how you justify it. Communion is about eating flesh and drinking blood, right? Because and that's got nothing to do with Christ. If, if we're going to get into the heart of the Christos, right? It's all about heart to heart. You, you know, the heart of the Christos is already in your heart. The heart of Buddha's, the natural Buddha, not the religious Buddha, is already in your heart. Yeah. The, these energies are already there. We're already one. It's like people say to me, I want to connect to Mother Earth. And I'm going, well, well, well hang on a minute, you know, because, you know, how do you, how do you connect to Mother Earth? It's like I say, well, we're already one with Mother Earth. So it's about relaxing into what is rather than trying to think you must achieve something that isn't, right? So we, we need to understand that we are fractals of the universe. We are already connected. We are already one. We've just got to get past this imposition that's entering through our mind, through consciousness. There's, there's like this flat earth thing, that's our consciousness virus, and, you know, I, I lived through two impositions through my mind, major impositions. I know how to recognize them. And everyone who's getting into this flat earth thing, I'm telling you, and on all the public speakers, like me, you are being, like I was, you are now being set up for a fall. And I know the earth is round because I've seen it multiple times from out, from, from beyond, right? And let's just be real here. You know, but, I but in defense, that- in defense, I don't mean to interrupt you, but in defense of all those who are questioning, and again, just because I discuss that topic, folks, doesn't mean that I buy a hood, like, and sinker. You know, later I'm going to just show you an experiment that nobody has been able to debunk. And again, I'm just starting with that scientific principle of you know observation, replication, and I'll discuss that later. But some of these people are engineers, they're pilots, they're coming out with very, very important and savvy arguments, George. And yes, if you've had the privilege of being able to see the Earth as a spinning ball, well, I give you that compliment, but most of us, all we get is NASA or ESA from Europe. Yeah, Those are the never, only things. You'll never, you'll never get a clear image from them, and that's because exactly. of the satellite, satellite they, positioning. You'll never, ever get a clear image because of all the activity that's going on out there and everything that they've built. Yeah, um, but from the yeah. moon. NASA went to the moon, you know, a few apparently. times, apparently. I don't believe it. I wasn't <laughs> there. You're going to tell me that those pictures that were taken from the moon that show us our blue marble are real, and then now NASA shows us a, a, an image, a video image of the of the moon going over the Earth. If they had really taken a picture of the Earth there, it would have blocked the entire view of the moon. That's how big the Earth is in comparison to the Earth. So, if all of this comes from NASA, I want to do. I want to be an ind- independent thinker. I want to be able to see for myself. Like that man, I forgot his name now. That had a commercial uh, recently done. I mean, he did this in the 1930s, where he actually went up there, and what he saw was something that all of a sudden it's out of the history books. So there are questions that we have. Again, I'm not saying I'm a flat earther. I'm not saying I'm a a a, a ball earther. I want the truth. That's all. Yeah, me too. And I really, really, um, 
uh, I won't say entertained, considered is the right word. I really considered all this flat earth stuff, seriously. I, I didn't just flub it off. And I was having conversations with friends and I'm going, you know, we really need to look at this because maybe when I was on a craft out there, there was uh, an image planted into my mind and I was seeing what someone wanted me to see. You know, I want you, I want you to realize the extent that I went to with all of this. So I'm not just saying it off the cuff where I'm just, you know, defending a belief system. I've genuinely wholeheartedly approached this. And, uh, for me, uh, the conclusion I've come to is, um, uh, when you go off linear time, I explained that in that, in that, um, presentation at the New South Wales UFO research group. When you, when you go off linear time, you realize the next experience of time is it's circular because you have life cycles of things. You have beginning, you have the experience, and then you have the end. So it's, it's like a, it's circular. And then it goes into a conical experience. And then it goes into a spherical experience of time. So, um, when, when you are in the, uh, at the point of the cone and you're looking down the life cycle and you can see the whole cycle, the, the whole cycle is, is expressed in an instant. So, uh, the actual circumference of the circle, when you open that up into a straight line, that's when you experience linear time. So when you come down onto the circumference of the circle and you're tracking along the circumference and you experience it as a straight line, so past, present and future, it's the same with the earth. When you go off the earth, you can see it as a, a round spherical object. Uh, and it's not totally round. It certainly bulges at the, at the, at the middle. Um, and, when you come down onto the earth, it opens up as a flat plane and you experience it as a flat plane. Um, so that's my answer to that. And it's weird, but it's how I've experienced it. And it's how I experience time. And it's how I experience this reality. Um, it's, it's understanding that when you enter into realities, you then uh, are not viewing it from afar, but you're actually inside a reality, having an experience from within that reality. And that changes your perspective. It's like when you're in the jungle, you can't see the forest for the trees. But then when you actually climb up onto a ridge and you look at the jungle as a whole, then you get then you get what what its structure is. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, certainly, certainly, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and, and in all fairness, um, you know, when when people talk about the firmament and, you know, a lot of the flat earthers and prominent people, I, you know, I've, I've went to a presentation of a very prominent person, not going to say the name, and they were talking about, you know, the natural environment and things to do with it. And it was just beautiful watching all the energy emanate from that person's heart in balance with the mind. And, you know, there's a, where I live, there's a lot of in-tune people and we're all just watching and observing this person. It was really nice. Great, great person. And then they switched to the flat earth thing and then it turned into evangelism and then the whole energy shifted straight up to the head and we're all looking at each other in the audience saying, what are you experiencing now? How are you feeling? And we really went through this wonderful discernment process, genuinely, in a loving way to this person. And uh, afterwards, we generally feel that this person is being set up for a fall um, and it's really sad because the energy shifted straight into the headspace. So what you'll find is the whole flat earth thing appeals to the intellect. That's every, anyone who's purely intellectually based, that is who this mind virus is going to grab. And then when you go into the rest of your being and your relationship with the planet, 
and then you, you know you 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 real you speak to a, a regional elder, for example, and the ancestry from the Pleiades. So it's not a firmament, and you know, and I've had my own experiences in the cosmic arena. Okay, so it's not like a firmament with you know lights on it. It's not like that. Um, it's actually a cosmos, and with stars and with galaxies, and it's real. Um, but what's happening is this mind virus is skewing people's perception of reality. No different to AI and its version of consciousness virus, which is entering into the human mind. And now people are only seeing this reality as a computer simulation. But either, can't see either George, else. either we are being lied regarding the size of our plane or planet, because I keep mentioning people that, you know, I, I, I own a home in the beaches of Mexico. And when I come outside the house in the afternoon, only in the afternoon, I can see the other side of Mexico, meaning Baja, mm -hmm. California. And I made some research. I talked to a, 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 a captain over there and I said, can you tell me exactly how many miles from here to there? Oh, yes, uh, 89.2 miles. So I went to Google Earth, right? And I just drafted my line from one place to the other, and I confirmed that from my point of view to there were 89-point-some miles. And then I went to Google Earth, and I found out what the altitude, the height of that mountaintop was, which was about 985 feet. So all you have to do is go to a website or just use a calculator, 8 inches per mile squared, and there's even a website called earthcurvature.com. You put the actual miles or kilometers, and it tells you exactly what the curvature should be. In this case, mm. it should be 5,401 feet. So then I went back to Google Earth. I found out the 985 feet. From my perspective, that mountaintop should have been hidden more than 4,000 feet under the curvature. I've asked yeah. people, I've asked scientists, and they all look at me, you're crazy for even looking at it. But why? I'm just asking a scientific question and yeah, nobody it's a answered. Question. And it's a good question. And um, I, I'm, from my experience, the Earth is a lot bigger than what we're being told and there's even land masses we're not being shown. That's my take on it um, from what I saw. And uh, the other sort of like to put a little counter sort of perspective on it, um, you know, you have to come to the southern hemisphere of the planet in order to point your telescopes to the center of the galaxy because on the northern hemisphere you point in a different direction and if this was flat then you would see what we see but you don't because it's not flat <laughs> you got to come around to australia and the southern hemisphere uh, to see uh the milky way and in, in its true form um so i'm just leaving that one with you because <laughs> you know if it was flat mel then you'd be able to see the center of the galaxy like we see it from the southern hemisphere. That's fine. Uh, all, all I'm asking yeah. you, this simple equation and the question as to why am I be able, am I seeing at the bottom and the top of that mountain from 90 miles away when that should be gone 4,000 feet from my perspective? But we have according to take According to the figures that they've given exactly about the size of the Earth. That's what I'm saying. I mean, what if what is this planet is, is the size of Jupiter? And uh, we've been told that there's this little blue marble, and there are other land masses somewhere else where the elite may have other worlds that we're not even in, invited to, 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 to go and see what they have been able to accomplish. That's what I was just sharing.
as a consideration for people. Yeah. There you go. Well, we have to take our one and only break. And folks, in, in part two, because this artificial intelligence aspect, the agenda, it's so pervasive. And some people take it, oh, gosh, Mel, don't be so hard. I like my smartphone. I like my high-definition TV. And so do I, folks. But the thing is, we're giving our brains to that. And I'm going to read something to you, which is a little bit lengthy. I have left it for the end of part two after George and I finish our uh, conclude our, our interview tonight. But I want to read you some of the things that are expected to happen with artificial intelligence and technology mm. in the future. They're hardly going yeah. to need any people to work uh, right now. There's a, uh, a a computer called Watson. Are you, are you aware of it? Watson, I'm not aware of. IBM yeah. created this computer right now. They're starting with lawyers. They don't need uh, these lawyers graduating from from law school. They're almost becoming obsolete because this computer, any question that you ask, it gives you a 90% answer accurately. So which means anybody who's listening to us right now who has somebody in law school in the near future, they may not need that many lawyers. Same thing, nurses. Watson, they ask a question and they get a, uh, for example, diagnosing cancer. They get answers four times more accurate than human nurses. And I'm going to read you more stuff. We're not going to need to own a car in the near future. Retail stores may be gone. This is good in one sense, but it's pretty scary to know that artificial intelligence is taking over the human involvement, George. Uh, yeah, it is so pervasive, so deep. Um, I'm going to go into a lot of uh, just basic everyday stuff as well. So I'm going to talk about the big end side of AI and what it's doing and its intentions. And I'm also going to um, discuss how it relates to us in our everyday lives. And I think that connection is really important to understand how it relates to you on the ground level and uh, in your daily activities. Very, very important. Excellent. And George, how can people learn more about your work? And did I hear you're planning a trip to the United States to uh, to do some talks? <laughs> I am, Mel. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. We're going to do a series of events in Monterey Bay in California. And very, very exciting. Um, going to be running courses. So I've got um, end of September and early October. So you can go to my website, iaminfinite.love. Uh, and then you can look up uh, the events there, the events page there. And I also have a community, uh, like a membership website, and it's called weareinfinite.love because we are, we all are. And uh, for less than the price of a cup of coffee, you get the most incredible information, life-transforming information. It really is uh, for people who choose to consider it into their lives and and you know adventure further with it it is very transformational so um do consider and thanks mel i've just loved this i love the way you are so um passionate and uh i i really enjoy being on this show i really do thank you likewise george well folks don't go anywhere george cavaslas is back and much more in the member section when we come back this is mel fabregas and you are listening to veritas don't go anywhere Thanks for listening to part one of this very important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest, head on over to the member section or subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. You don't want to miss the rest. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store where you can find great products like pure organic sulfur, 
Rebounders, turmeric, and other great supplements. Thank you.